When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here uh, talking today about the upcoming free agency period, and and it's a combination of things, the UFAs and the players who might be potential cap casualties, and that can come really at any time. At the beginning of free agency, there's a, there's a fair amount of that, and there's also some that comes later as well as teams you know prepare for additional signings they might make a little later. Joining me today is Connor Hartman again. Connor, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Ken? Always, always fun to talk football with you, Connor. So I'm looking forward to this one. We're going to do the edge today. And you've prepared just an extraordinary table of information that we can go through here. I don't want to tell people all about it. I'm going to let you do the introduction of that. But first, tell people your Twitter handle and where they can talk football with you. Sure. So my Twitter handle is at RavenCPA. And that's about it. If you want to reach out to me, just reach out to me on Twitter. All right. Most of the time available. Outstanding. So, tell tell us about uh, first of all what the what the process was here, and what your methodology is, and the information you collected. Yeah, absolutely. So, I noticed um, a lot of websites they kind of go very shallow into the free agent process and the salary cap cuts and things of that nature. So, in order to really be able to delve in deep and to get some of those you know under the radar players and things like that that you know, maybe some other teams that follow their own personal teams follow closely. Um, look at all of the free agents, potential salary cap, cap casualties, 
all those players holistically to get a really good list of potential players that the Ravens could sign this offseason. So, and as it pertains to the salary cap cuts, I went through and pulled together the current team situation as well as the per, the amount of money that could be saved if that player was to be cut, and then looked at age, looked at some prior year performance, looked at current like the current season, like last season's performance, just to be able to evaluate all the players as well as the position that they play, and really to see where they could ultimately fit into uh, the Ravens rebuilding of this roster for next season. Um, Looking at the the Ravens' current edge personnel, uh, they've got uh, Tyus Bowser, who may be coming back a little late. We we do kind of want to make the distinction here between Sam linebackers and rush linebackers. Just to be clear again, Sam linebacker lines up on the strong side, typically opposite the tight end, much more likely to have coverage responsibilities. Although almost anyone within the Ravens system can have coverage responsibilities, at least the way Wink ran it. We'll see how Mike McDonald does it. Um, that that they like to be as flexible as possible, dropping guys from the line of scrimmage and particularly from those edge positions, from those outside linebacker spots. Yeah, so talking about the um, kind of the weak side here, we can start with there. Um, that's about the position that Tyus plays in the Ravens defense right now. I think if we're talking on a salary cap cut perspective, I think a guy that would really fit well is Trey Flowers with the Detroit Lions. He um, would currently have a $10 million salary cap. I just lost you for a second there. Okay. Sorry, there was a uh, fire truck coming by my house. <laughs> uh, I had to, had to mute the microphone real quick. Gotcha. But yeah, he would save the Lions $10 million in salary cap. So it really depends with the Lions if they choose to cut him or not. They have enough salary cap to, to go into the season to sign some of their players. However, it really depends on how far away from a, uh, the playoffs and Super Bowl the Lions think they are. If they want to start cutting guys like Trey Flowers. Right. He didn't play a lot this last year. He only played in seven games. Um, he's only had three and a half sacks the last two years combined in Detroit. Uh, had a good year in 2019 there. Yeah. Uh, he only he played less than 300 snaps last year. So that's a player that the Ravens, if he were to be cut, they might be able to get a little bit cheaper, even though historically he's a bit of a bigger name. And he's more of kind of the Terrell Suggs size at 265 pounds. Uh, not sure if he really is, if they would see him as an outside linebacker, but the Ravens play so much of, uh, you know, a four-man front on important high-leverage passing downs that he might make sense. I'm sure they could they could use a player like that. Um, did want to talk a little bit about the existing players. Talked about Ty Spouser very briefly in terms of him being a guy who is, we don't know exactly when he'll be back. He's injured in the last game of the year. There, there could be a problem with that. Adafi Owe uh, had some work done on his shoulder this off season um, and, and is expected back to start the season. But again, another guy who, uh, despite a fine rookie year, is coming back uh, with some problems. And then the third guy who really helped fuel the Ravens edge rush, which was pretty good for most of the year, honestly, was, uh, um, uh, now I'm forgetting his name, the free agent Justin Houston they, they brought in. 
Uh, do you expect Houston to be a guy that the Ravens will try and retain? I hope so. I think um, looking at this list in total, I think that right now Houston is one of the best possible options for the Ravens mm-hmm. to uh, bolster their pass rush again to uh, effectively where he was last year. If he's anywhere close to the performance that he was last year, I think they'd be pretty happy to re-sign him. Right. He, he, he did he had a really good year as a pass rusher, and honestly, that's hard to find. That's not easy. It's, it's in high demand, obviously, and uh, a lot of pressure of various types. Uh, didn't didn't end up with a huge sack total for the year, but he had a lot of a lot of pressures that uh, kept the quarterback uncomfortable and jittery in the pocket. So that's uh, that's what you want out of your pass rush. Uh, I'm hoping they can they can get him back too. He won't come, I don't think, as cheap as he did last year. No, he signed a really good bargain deal with the Ravens. Um, and just looking at this free agent class, like in total, it really seems like a lot of the players that are in this class are the players that were in the last year's free agent class. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of players that signed one year kind of not really prove it deals per se, but one year deals. There was Melvin Ingram. There was Justin Houston. Hassan Reddick is another guy as well as Jadavian Clowney. All these players historically have had pretty good edge rush presence and they signed short deals, and now they're back on the market again. And in this case, the Ravens had one of those guys. He performed pretty well for them, so I think they should re-sign him, and he might be able to get come to Baltimore a little bit cheaper than, say, a Melvin Ingram or a Hassan Reddick type of player. Yeah, I, I hope that's true. I mean, he's 33 now. Uh, he turned 33 in January, so it's, it's, he's, he'll really be closer to 34 than he is 33 by the time the season uh, begins. But uh, still a guy who, who I think showed he could play football. I, I, I'm He's a guy I would want as a more focused situational pass rusher now. He didn't didn't have great success bringing down the ball carrier this last year. And I just want to make sure that, that he's a guy the Ravens have uh, on there on, on the high leverage passing downs for, for one thing in particular, but they ended up because of, because of their own shortages of talent and some games they went into with only three outside linebackers active. Uh, they, they used him in a lot of rushdowns as well. Yeah. I think that it's perfectly reasonable for Houston to come back and play a reduced role. You would expect in the second year of his rookie deal, Adafi Owe, to have a bit of an improved presence there. Mm-hmm. And likely because the Ravens have 10 picks in the upcoming draft, um, a lot in the earlier rounds, they'll probably take at least one of those picks to get another young pass rusher. Yeah, it's that's important, and they they have the Sam role is the one that I'm most concerned about for the Ravens right now because the the Sam is Tyus, and he's the only one they have going into the season. The other guy is completely unproven. Hayes from last year who would have to come on and and you know take that position away seems to have the physical tools that he could play it, but I think if you take pass rush snaps away from him, you're probably reducing his potential impact because I think that's where he can help the Ravens most. So I think the Ravens will probably end up drafting a guy they think has the traits to play Siam linebacker. One point we make often on this show is that it's very hard to identify those guys in the draft because good pass rushers 
who you know you tend to have both when you're an NFL caliber player, spent very little time dropping the coverage in college. So there's not a lot of guys that you you recognize at the college level as being good Sam linebacker candidates. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there could be some guys on this list that the Ravens could bring in to potentially bolster their room. I don't think that with this free agent class, and I think just this whole free agent class in general against all positions, I really don't think that there's a lot of star talent that's going to be leaving other teams. And I just really think that it's deep. And especially at this edge position, there's a lot of positive guys that the Ravens could sign to bolster their depth there. And if they get caught in a similar situation, then, you know, hope, God forbid they don't, um, mm-hmm. the same as the 2021 season. It'll be nice to have some uh, deeper position there. All right. Now, one of the guys you'd mentioned to, to you know, that's been mentioned in, in the last couple of days because of a kind of that cryptic tweet he put out is Zadarius Smith. And, you know, we, we, we've seen players on the Ravens respond to it and uh, with these eyeballs looking thing. I, I don't know how to interpret emojis in general. I'm too old for that. But but, but Zadarius Smith is a uh, certainly a, a big name, did not play for the Packers effectively this last year. I think he got hurt in the very first game. Uh, has a big hit in the final year of his contract, so 19 through 22 with the four years of his deal. It was for $66 million, so this is the last year coming up. He's a, he's a likely cut um, and probably looking for a home. Is he a reasonable guy for the Ravens, or is he just out of their price range? I think bringing back Zadarius Smith would be awesome for the Ravens, honestly. I think that you know the McDonald scheme could use him. Um, they were very aggressive in at Michigan when they were played with uh, Adrian, Adrian Hutchinson and uh, David Ajabo. Mm-hmm. So I think that really if the Ravens are able to get another player that they could stack with Owe to rush the passer, I think that would be a really high impact. And I think Zadarius Smith would be, a, as, as seen in Baltimore already, I think he would be a great fit to come back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, obviously, we liked him here. He's very versatile in terms of being able to move inside. I think he was one of the players that could be fairly stated. Didn't it, he, His sack numbers were hurt by the fact that he played on the inside so much in Baltimore. In fact, one year he only had one sack and a bunch of quarterback hits. And, uh, and that was, uh, you know, I'm sure frustrating to him that he wasn't getting the chance to rush from the outside as much uh, on – obvious passing downs but uh, the Ravens found better ways to use him he was terrific at creating opportunities on stunts for other players not just for himself and then he went off to Green Bay and had two huge years before this last year getting hurt uh, who's who would be other players that you would look at that are out there that the Ravens could get that that are true edge players well another player too um, because the Packers are in a really really poor situation financially with their salary cap especially even worse if they end up franchise tagging uh, Devontae Adams and they extend Aaron Rodgers they're going to need to make some cuts mm-hmm. so I think the uh, the Smith brothers as as they're called in uh, Green Bay Sidarius and Preston could both be really good fits in Baltimore Preston didn't have as good of a year in his first year of his contract last year but this year, he really came on strong and performed pretty admirably for the Packers. 
down the stretch. And I think he would be another good fit for the Ravens. Another guy who they really could bring in is Devin Kennard with the Arizona Cardinals. If they end up cutting him, that he would save the Cardinals about 5 million in cap space. Right now, the Cardinals are about even in the cap, but they have a lot of those really high dollar guys like JJ Watt and, um, DeAndre Hopkins that are really taking up their cap space. So they might need to free up some space with guys like Devin Kennard that the Ravens could bring in to really bolster that depth in the uh, linebacker group. Uh, Kennard, uh, uh, certainly a quality player. Uh, he There's a big difference between Kennard and Preston Smith is that Kennard really is a pure rush guy. He's, he's a guy who only had less than 20 coverage snaps last year. But Preston Smith has had a lot of coverage snaps with the Packers. He's very familiar with dropping from the line of scrimmage. He seems to be a guy the Ravens would, would probably put a premium on because he could come in and play some Sam snaps uh, for the Ravens. And, and let's face it, the Ravens really like to have two guys who can interchangeably drop to cover from the edge if they can. Uh, so I think they would love to have him if they, if they could get him. Um, Kennard. Yeah, I think that Smith, um, as well as I talked about Flowers a little bit earlier, they kind of both would be closer to that, you know, Tyus Bowser type player. And uh, Zadarius Smith would be closer to an OA type player or a uh, Justin Houston style. So if they were to go in that route, if they were to get Zadarius Smith, they probably might not bring Houston back. They could see that Zadarius Smith, he was in Baltimore previously. He's a few years younger than Houston. Maybe they'll bring him back on a longer deal, and they'll kind of pair him with the uh, long deals that Oway has effectively with his rookie contract as well as the deal that they signed for Bowser, and then they'll have that room established for a few years. Or they could you know, look for Houston for a year or two, or they could look for you know, one of these guys, Flowers or Preston Smith, as you alluded to earlier, to be able to work in that coverage capacity. Mm-hmm. Devon Kennard, really a a guy who plays up opposite the left tackle most of the time and is a known for being a guy who, who can set the edge fairly well. He, he really, I think if he came to the Ravens, he'd be a guy who would play on first and second down and you'd bring in somebody else on third down. Maybe Kennard would move to the inside here. I'm not even sure, but I I would not see him as an outside pass rusher on third down. I just don't think that's where his background is. Yeah, it's that's the uh, fun thing about the edge rushers. They come in a bunch of different shapes and sizes and different skill sets, and it's really, they're at a premium, Uh, especially as as you saw in the Super Bowl, that uh, pass rush, especially on the interior, really you know, cause the Bengals to lose that game as a lot of people are talking about. And the Bengals are in the Ravens division. You know, they play them twice a year. They could definitely use a lot of pass rushers to help against them as well as the Steelers, at least last year, didn't have the best offensive line could uh, help whoever the uh, Steelers end up putting in the uh, quarterback for this year. The Hopefully I know the Browns have a really, really stout offensive line, Hopefully, whoever the Ravens are able to get will be able to generate some pressure there as well. Yeah, they've certainly they focused a lot of their money there, and uh, they still have a quarterback who doesn't like to be moved very much. So, you know, it's one of the things is to get him off the spot, uh, get him moved around, and hopefully he starts to throw up some fadeaway jumpers again. Uh, it's interesting to see what the what the what the 
Browns do because they've almost telegraphed some of the things they're planning to do with Mayfield by paying all these offensive linemen. Because you, you, you generally you can't pay everybody. So it's almost like they're saying, we're going to pick our spot here, but we're, we're planning to move on at quarterback, whether it's after this year or after the year after, if they have a franchise year on Baker. Yeah, I mean, they very well could move on from Baker. I think what they set up is uh, a lot of versatility for their structure, really depending on what Baker does mm-hmm. in his final year. But, yeah. All right, so so some other names, cuts or UFAs that you would you would see as likely possibilities for the Ravens. Yeah, so I'm going to touch on a few of the dark horse guys that um, less people are really talking about. I know you were talking about earlier with the eyeball emoji. Uh, mm-hmm. You can call it eyeball emoji gate if you really want to. Yeah. On uh, Twitter um, was Darius Smith, and he's been a guy who's been talked about a lot in the Raven circles. And as well as some of these other guys, Hassan Reddick, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, all those big name guys that are likely going to price their name out of the uh, Ravens market, other than Zadarius Smith, as he has some history in Baltimore. But a couple of the guys, I want to start with Charles Harris, who really was kind of hopping around a few teams early in his career, but he really came on late in his career. Uh, the final year, I believe, of his rookie deal with the Lions. And he ended up getting seven and a half sacks last season. He played pretty well, and he's still only 27. Still could be a very ascending player for the rest of his career. If the Ravens can get him on a short, modest deal, I think he could play pretty well in Baltimore. Yeah, it's interesting one. He, he certainly could command a big contract because he's one of the younger edge rushers out there. And he'll turn he'll turn twenty seven just a few days as you as you mentioned. But uh, that game against the Ravens that he had was really exceptional. That opened my eyes to him. He he destroyed Villanueva in that game, and uh, looked very looked just very good. He, and he's he's going from that rush side. So if you want a guy who can purely get after the quarterback and and play against the left tackle one on one, he he looked in that game the part. Uh, we'll see. He hasn't always been that guy, and, and you know he certainly hasn't always been a starter in his career. But uh, but playing more and more, and, and in 2021 had his uh, had his most productive season. Yeah, and what was really surprising too in 2021 was he, you know, had almost 800 snaps. He played a lot. It wasn't a lot of times. A lot of these guys, they're. I'll talk about some other guys that have far less snaps, and they're much you know bigger of a question mark, but. When you're playing that that well on that many snaps, it's usually you know, there might be more. Yeah, that's a good sign. Future. That's yeah. a very good sign. Who else you want to talk about? So another guy, and then this is on the other side of the linebacker room, is uh, Dennis Gardeck. And this is a name that previous to this research, I actually did not know. Um, he had... Apparently, he had seven sacks in the 2020 season on 88 snaps from what I'm seeing, which is pretty incredible. He, I believe, tore his ACL in 2020 and then broke his hand in 2021. So he has some injury history there, and he has very, very low snap totals in both years. But his play was on the snaps that he did play, pretty high level. And he's a guy that if the Ravens could bring him on in a, for a really, really cheap deal, then he very well could end up being a send, ascending player. 
So he's been in the league four years. Had a better year in 2020, certainly. So the Ravens would kind of be hoping for a bounce back from him would be your idea. I mean, a a bunch of sacks on very few total snaps in 2020, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, seven on on like 88 snaps or something along those lines. That's amazing. (laughs) That's what I I was, I've never heard of this guy's name before. And looking at his numbers, I thought it was pretty outstanding. I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, Then 2021, though, uh, seemed to be given a slightly more responsibility uh, interesting to see that he's dropping a coverage a fair amount uh, last year, but uh, could be a guy, I guess, who could come in and help the Ravens on the Sam side if Bowser can't start the game. He's extremely undersized for an edge player. Uh, he's not particularly long. He's only six feet tall, and, and he only weighs about 230 pounds. So he, he better be a Sam at that kind of weight. I would really want to watch film on this guy to know – more about how he managed to be so productive in 2020 because uh, he didn't have a sack this last year, but, but the seven sacks in, in 2020 are uh, something I'd want to look into. Yeah. I think especially with the defensive line and the edge positions, the Ravens could take a very similar approach to what the Bengals did last year, bring in a lot of these lesser known, you know, not household name type of guys bring in a few of them and just kind of see if somebody comes out of the, uh, of the process and ends up being a really good player. I know that one player last year that really exploded and he was with the Packers was Devondre Campbell, mm-hmm. who seemingly came out of nowhere. I'm not saying that Dennis Gardeck is a guy that will be like the D- Devondre Campbell, but he is much lesser known and as we talked about in 2020, he did show some really good production there. All right. Well, the Dirt Ravens certainly do a good job of looking at other teams. And and with Cincinnati, I mean, I would have said that they did it really with a big move to get Trey Hendrickson. But I don't remember actually what Trey Hendrickson signed for, what his contract is. I'll have to look at that on OTC to really know. But he was a, he was a big name from the Saints and was one of their big uh, moves on defense. I believe it was for about fifteen million APY. Okay, so that's that's yeah. The Ravens probably don't have a deal like that that they're going to be able to make. If they do, it's one. You know, yeah, I, I, and, I agree. I agree. Uh, um, all right. So, uh, is there any other player that you um, you know think makes sense for the Ravens? Yeah, and uh, this is a hard name to pronounce. So bear bear with me here. He, he plays for the Rams. Oh, let's see. Oboni Okoronkwo. Or, oh, sorry. Obonia Okoronkwo. So he is another guy under 30 years old. I think he's only 27. An ascending player. He played better in 2021 than he did in 2020. as And his snaps increased from 2020 to 2021, which is generally a pretty good sign if mm-hmm. you're – playing better every year if you're still under 30 and if you're getting an increase in snaps year over year but he's probably a guy that i would think that the rams would want to resign to a cheaper deal so that they can potentially replace an expensive free agent that they had with von miller but if they end up going the route of re-signing von 
to a large deal. He might be a type of guy who slips out and then the Ravens can get in for a cheaper deal. So tell me what, what went on with O'Kronk. Okay, he was, he was signed. He was a draft pick. So his 2018 to 2021 is his initial four-year period. So it probably got hurt in 2018 is what I'm, what I'm thinking based on what I'm seeing here. Still uh, under 27, but he'll be 27 in April, which makes him one of the younger edge rushers that's out there on the market. Um, yeah, I, I could see I could see a possibility he'd uh, end up with the Ravens, a guy who has some coverage snaps in his in his background. Um, it'd be a possibility. It's a, yeah. Do you think a, a player like that might have benefited from playing around that incredible stable of pass rushers? That very well could be the case. Um, but if the Ravens can get him on a deal, maybe a little bit similar to what they did with Houston last year, maybe a little bit less, then it doesn't hurt to try. All right. All right. Uh, wonderful. Any? Is there any other player, either a UFA or a um, cap casualty, that you think is a is a likelihood? And then, and then, when you're done with that, give me the one player you think is most likely to end up with the Ravens. Sure. There's one more guy I want to talk about, and it's another difficult name to pronounce. Um, with the Chargers, Chenna Nwoso, I believe is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. He he's a guy who. He played a little bit worse as his snaps increased, but similar to what we were talking about Harris earlier, he played over 700 snaps in 2021 with a little bit over 300 in 2020. And while his grade went down a little bit year over year, he's still only 26. And yeah, that's the key. He's 25. So, Oh yeah, so I believe he he might be turning twenty six in this upcoming season, but on on December twenty eighth he turns twenty six. Oh, so, so he's the youngest oh, yeah. guy on the on the market by far, um, and that's that. Uh, you know, even even a player like that who maybe wasn't at his best, he's got a lot of coverage snaps in his in his career now. Uh, he will be highly sought after. He would be a guy. He's quality. Sams are hard to find, and he is one of them. And I, I, I think he'll command a high price. Yeah, he, he very well could. I think that's a guy that could potentially command a high price, maybe a little bit less than some of the guys that we didn't talk about, like the you know Emmanuel Agbas of the world or like Randy Gregory, some of those younger guys that have more production over the course of their career. Mm-hmm. But that that's a guy that i think you know he could come in play solid snaps and he's still young enough to develop more as you're saying yeah, yeah i know the, the ravens are, are they really are very age conscious with a lot of the free agents they sign and they don't they try not to sign you know 30 year old guys to four-year deals now weddle and thomas were a couple exceptions to that where they signed older players and it worked out okay with weddle it really did not work out okay with thomas as we know um, and they, 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 they did sign Campbell to a two-year deal. Uh, that's probably the, the, the long end of where they like to go with players that age. The guy they, on the other side that they really spec'd on as, you know, and, and spent a lot of money getting is Tony Jefferson. And he's, he's available now again, but uh, you know, they signed him to a four-year deal, I believe, or maybe it was five even for $45 million when they signed him uh, because he was 25 at the time. 
So it might be a guy that, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, Enwosu might be a guy that they'd be really high on. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they can afford him. Yeah. And to answer your question on the guy that I think that the Ravens will ultimately end up signing, I think they'll take that approach where they'll probably re-sign Justin Houston to a modest deal, mm-hmm. maybe a two-year deal, and then maybe take a chance on Gardick. I think that while he had pretty low snaps, you know, they could catch lightning and bottle twice, and he could be a really good player for them if he ends up playing a full year in uh, 2022. Yeah, it'd be interesting if they if they try and sign him long term or short term. I, I would think with a player like that, they try and get him cheap and for more than one year, um, and then it could work out. He's, my main concern with him is just the undersized nature. And we've seen a lot of guys, Mabin comes to mind, but there's others as well, who've really been these undersized edge guys. They look like wide receivers and they play like wide receivers, unfortunately, when they play on the edge. And you know, we, a player like Gardick is going to see more snaps with the Ravens than he would with the Cardinals. Uh, so, you know, he's up there in terms of consideration. He'll cost more than Pernell McPhee, for example. And I'm not sure you could expect to get the same kind of flexible value as a pass rusher that a McPhee can give you. And also McPhee can give you something as a run defender as well. So if they want to resign McPhee, by the way, I think it'll be a vet men deal. And I don't think there'll be a lot of competition for his services. I don't, I, I think they can have him at that price. Yeah. The thing with McPhee is whether or not he's going to retire after the, after this last season or not. Mm -hmm. He, uh, you know, he still played 220 snaps this last year. Uh, after a pretty big comeback year in terms of snaps in 220, because I remember when he came to the Ravens in 2019, I said, if you're counting for, on Pernell McPhee for over 15 snaps a game, that's probably a mistake. And they, they basically, they got double that in, or almost in, in 2020. In 2019, he got hurt after seven games, but they were playing him so much in those first seven games. They basically got 15 snaps per game over a 16 game season. And then in 2021, he essentially duplicated that in terms of the number of, of, of total snaps he played. But the Ravens have shifted how they've used him over the years to be more of a primary run defender. And when that really paid off for him was in that game at Tennessee in the 2020 playoffs. He was he was probably their best defensive player in terms of of uh, getting the Titans stopped up and get Derrick Henry completely stopped in that game. Yeah, and that's the, the whole run defense angle of it all. I know the Ravens talked a lot about the reasons that they drafted Dafe Owe, mm-hmm. and that was oftentimes what they discussed was how good of a run defender he was in college. And they often viewed him as a day one starter because of his run defense, and it certainly paid off for them. Yeah, he's, you know, the big play of the year, of course, against the Chiefs, knocking the ball loose from uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire to win the ball game. Uh, to effectively win the ball game, but uh, that was that was certainly good, and and he's got the length uh, we know to, to to hold the edge well. So it's uh, it'll be nice to see what he does in his second year. One of the most important Ravens players by far in terms of how the Ravens' edge room is is going to look is going to be almost completely dependent on Tyus Bowser's health, but more importantly, even where away can play and how well he does it. Can he play on the Sam side? Or does he have to stay on the rush side and, and, and play weak? Um, and, you know, 
either way, his his development as a pass rusher, what he can do for, for the Ravens in terms of uh, durability and play a number of snaps, and and uh, what he can do in coverage as well, all important factors for the Ravens' edge position. Yeah, ultimately he's the anchor right now for that room because with Bowser's late season injury, he very well might not be able to start at the beginning of the season. So realistically, the Ravens have one you know, pass rusher that's healthy. And as you said, he had the uh, shoulder, I think it was a shoulder scope done after the mm-hmm. season. But that that's probably more of an injury that'll heal by training camp. Hopefully. But he's really the only guy that has played subs- substantial snaps. You have Jalen Ferguson that's still there, and you have Dalen Hayes, but it's really, it's always room right now. Right. So how they what they do with Ferguson is an interesting one, too. And I don't I don't know if he's earned escalators or not. I know the Ravens have some players who've earned escalators who they probably don't want to pay that escalated salary to with Powers and Boykin being two significant considerations there. Yeah, I believe those are the two main ones that are in the escalators was Boykin and Powers. Okay. All right. I love doing these shows with you, Connor. You always come very well prepared. Lots of players to look at. Lots of fun. Appreciate you driving this conversation. Let's uh, let's go on to the next one and do that. Uh, one more time, your Twitter handle for folks? Raven CPA. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to do a podcast with me of any sort, hit me up on Twitter. DMs are open. I'm happy to talk about just about anything you want to talk about during the offseason. So if you want to talk a fix for the Ravens, I'm doing a series on that. That'll that'll get priority. If you want to talk about anything else that's an interesting study you've done or a, a thought you have about how the Ravens should be you know, structuring or attacking roster construction differently, love to hear from you on that. Uh, Connor, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.